Hi, and welcome to the Sunny Ford Podcast. Once again, I am so glad that you are joining me today. And as always, I pray that your stay with me is a pleasant one. Um, We are in episode nine, episode nine, and I'm really excited about the podcast. I'm really thankful for you guys who are listeners and even to the people who listen to me um, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and I just pray that you continue to, you know, to listen and to enjoy the podcast and also to share the podcast. Um, episode eight, I want to talk about, so y'all have written this, this new book, right? Um, and the name of the book is Saul's Syndrome, Saul's Syndrome. And I, I read the book. Well, Saul is a, not a character, but he's a person from the Bible, a king um, who's in the Bible. His story is in the Bible. And I read the story of Saul several years ago. And I remember the first time I read the story just being completely blown away, you know, by his story and just him as a person, you know, his character and mostly his his flaws. Um, I was completely blown away by his flaws and not because they were so astonishing, but be, but because I saw similarities, um, between myself and Saul. And I remember reading about him and I remember crying, (laughs) literally crying because of what I felt you know, and I, and I, I prayed when I read it, you know, and I, I told God, I I see this, I see, I'm seeing reflections here. And this is not what I want because, um, I, I didn't like his outcome. And so I was like, this is, this is not the person that I want to be. And I, I just remember, you know, having that, that mindset and, you know, years went on and stuff. And I don't even, I've always kept his story in the back of my my mind and I I know that I've read it again but very recently I read it and um when I read it recently I knew that I was supposed to write about it you know um I was supposed to like dig into it and write about it and that's what I did and so um I wrote the book and the book is available right now on Amazon. It's an ebook and it's also it's also going to be available for purchase, you know, where you can order a paperback and have it delivered to your home. Um so yeah, and so in this episode I want to talk a little bit about um kind of what's in the book, um like what to expect and even the the lessons that I learned. Um, from reading about King Saul. And um, yeah, I want to delve into that. I want to talk about that a little bit. So that's what we're going to do today. So the story of Saul is in the Bible, like I said, um, and it's in 1 Samuel. His story is in 1 Samuel. And um, I do, I, I, I remember reading his story. And I don't know about y'all, but I, I really like 
the Old Testament in a Bible because the Old Testament have a lot of stories. And I really like stories. You know, I like to hear the stories and imagine, you know, what's going on. And even I like to see myself in the stories. And so the story is about Saul, who becomes the king of Israel, and he is God-appointed. Like, that is who God appointed to be Israel's first king. And the story says how he was tall and handsome, and, you know, he had this look, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't, you know, people were were open to him being their leader because he had this look. And um, it also says that, you know, during his kingship, um, you can see more and more of his flaws. And he had issues, Saul had issues with himself. Um, He was a king, but there was also some inferiority um, attached to, to that. He wasn't confident, you know, the way he, the way he should have been. And so because he lacked confidence and he lacked, um, just, just, um, good character, it, which ultimately led to his demise, you know, God had this great destiny for him and he never saw it. He never reached it. He never saw it with his own eyes because of he didn't work on on his character during this great time in his life, you know? Um he didn't know how God saw him. And that's actually one of the things, one of the first things that I touch on in the book is, you know, just asking yourself, how does God see me? And some people think about it and some people don't, but it really is something that is a part of us, you know? Um, Some people don't realize that they believe that God sees them in this negative way. And so when you believe that, you know, someone sees you in a negative way, there, there, there's actions behind that. You know, you, you feel like, maybe you feel like, well, I can't do anything right. So I'm not going to try. Um, You know, it's just, just different ways that we, that we see God or how we see or how we believe God sees us. Um, I know for me, um, coming up and, you know, just maybe until probably recently, I always saw, saw God as authoritative, you know, like I had to obey him. I had to do what he said, but I didn't, I saw, I saw him as, you know, um, if you do what I say, you're good. You know, I love you. If you don't do what I say, you're bad and I don't love you, but that's not God. You know, God loves us no matter what, but I saw that God saw me, you know, and that's how I saw God. And I saw, and I thought God saw me as if you're good, then, you know, I'll like you or I'll love you. And if you're not good, then, you know, you're, you're not going to be blessed or have this great life. And that's just not who God is. And a part of Knowing God is also learning his character. When you learn God's character, you see him as good all the time, no matter what. God created us to win, you know, and he gave us all the tools that we need to win. Um, Success, our success is provided 
by God. You know, God provides us with everything that we need, you know. Um, and so a thing for Saul was he didn't he didn't realize that God was on his side. He he believed that he had to do everything on his own, kind of like in his own strength. And so that's what he did. He made decisions based on what he thought was right. And, you know, and he had someone in his life, um, Samuel, who was a priest. He had someone in his life to give him direction and guidance. But when, when the pressure came, when the pressures of life and the pressures of his position, you know, the pressures of kingship, when those things arose, then he went back to whatever I think is best. And all of this stuff made me think, how do I respond to pressure? How do I, how do I respond to my position? You know, um, how do I, how do I do that? You know, when there's something that needs to be done, even though I have people in my life to help me, to give me direction and guidance, I have the Bible, I can go to God on my own and, and pray about it. How do I ultimately like if if I feel like I can't get to somebody or I read the Bible, but I, I'm not getting what I need, you know, like I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what this means, but I have this pressure of I have to make a decision about something. Do I ultimately go back to, OK, this is what I want to do or do I find out from the resources that God has provided? What's the right thing to do? What does God want me to do in this situation? And these are all things that I that that I would think about in reading um, Saul's Saul's story, you know, and really seeing God as my leader, not myself. I am not my leader. God is, and I really believe that when we keep that in the back of our mind and in the front of our mind, um, you know, things just go better for us because we see you know we picture we we have this this consciousness of God as being our leader and that he leads well you know when we allow him to lead us he leads well i was also so amazed by how the whole thing actually took place like god appointed saul to be the king like he didn't have to run for kingship. He didn't have to, you know, get in boats, you know, he didn't have to do any of those things. God set the whole thing up. And the way he did it is also amazing, you know, and, you know, God just gave him this important mission. He set it up. He made all the arrangements. He, he put him in place, you know, and he had this important mission for him. There are no coincidences. I mean, nothing happens. Nothing just happens with God. Everything is predestined and prearranged. Everything for our lives that's good is predestined and it's prearranged for our lives, you know, um, and we can trust God. You know, God has given us a destiny and we can trust the destiny and the plan that he has for us. You know, um, I think we make the mistake when we look for something even in finding out what it is, you know, this big bang and God oftentimes, oftentimes he, he gives us direction and he speaks even in small whispers. It's not always just this big. So 
it would do us well to, you know, and, and it doesn't, there are big bangs, <laughs> but there are also s- small whispers. So it's better for us to look for God in everything, not it, not just in big things and not just in small things, but to look for him in everything. God is a part of divine appointments, you know, even things that we think is general, you know, sometimes those things are divine. Even in this story with Saul, like he was looking for his dad's um, sheep, I believe. He was looking for, you know, something for his dad. And God had all of that set up, you know, and all of that led to his destiny. Even in our own lives, there are things that we don't even know is leading us to our destiny. I think I've told this story before, but I don't know if I've ever told it on a podcast. I remember I was in college and when I first, you know, went to college, I went for business and, you know, in a few semesters, I realized I didn't want to do that. And I had talked to this, uh, um, my advisor and, you know, she's talking to me about my, about my degree and stuff like that. And I told her I I wanted to be a business major and she, you know, she advised me well, I'll never forget it. She said, you need, you can't just, no, she didn't say I can't. She said, you shouldn't just say business. You shouldn't just get a degree in business. She said, it's too broad. What in business do you want to do? Oh, I had no idea. I just, business was, I guess, in the top of my head because I thought I wanted to dress up for work. But, you know, lo and behold, I changed my major and I changed my major to education. And even that, it just didn't, it didn't stick. It didn't feel right. I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't really interesting to me or, or something. It just didn't stick. And finally, I was getting further in school, and I, I was like, this is not it either. So I, I changed my major to general studies, and I started taking, you know, classes, kind of general classes. And, you know, one semester, um, I needed a class. Uh, um, I forgot what it's called. But I needed a class. Then it wasn't a part of a major, so I took a class in drug and alcohol abuse. You know, I was not interested in that at all, but I took, you know, I took the class and um, then another semester came and I needed another, you know, class just to get me by. And I took that, I took another drug and alcohol abuse class. And then there was this class, drug and alcohol abuse counseling. And I took it, you know, I was like, okay, I'll just take it because I need another class. Y'all, I took this class, and when I was in that class, I realized that's what I was supposed to do. Counseling, not drug and alcohol abuse, but the counseling side of it, when we got into practicing the counseling side of it, that was like a, a automatic for me. I knew what to do. I knew what to say. I knew just how to respond. It just It just came to me. And I know it's a gift. I know it's nothing of, of myself that I know that it's a gift from God, but the way that God brought me, it brought me to it. It wasn't, it wasn't direction. It wasn't look, go here, take, it was through me just going through 
what I thought was general life and general situations where I didn't know what to do. And then I was trying to take classes and I was looking for something easy. But all of that led me to my destiny. And now, even in the story of Saul, now that I'm in my destiny, now it makes me, you know, look at Saul and look at how he he got into his destiny. But then even in his destiny, it required something of him and not just something. It required much of him. So even once you once you find out what your destiny is, once you're walking in your destiny and you're living it out, it still requires of you. It requires much of you. And all of that makes me think, well, okay, now that I'm here, that's not the end of the road. There's still more for me to do, more for me to learn, more for me to be and better of it, the better of it. How am I doing with that? How's my character? Um, Do I deal with jealousy? Do I deal with um, being intimidated easily? You know, what what are what are my flaws? What are the things that I need to work on? Because just like Saul, my destiny is here, but it's not, it's still, I still have to make decisions in how, what will my legacy be though? I felt like this for a long time. Um, I want a good legacy. I want a good reputation and I want a good legacy, you know, even with God calling us and giving us gifts and talents and, you know, having a great plan and things like that for us. He he does that, but it's ultimately up to us, our reputation and, you know, the legacy that we leave. You know, it's not enough just to say, even with Saul, he was a king. I mean, that's amazing. He was a king, you know, but his legacy is not, I mean, the only thing, the best thing you could say about him is he was a king. But he didn't leave a good legacy. And so for me, it's not it's not enough to say, you know, I was successful, I guess, at what I've done, but not to leave a good legacy, not to be a person of of good character and good morals and, you know, just a good, a good influence. That's, that's not enough. And I know God, God is good and he's merciful and he loves us. And he's always looking to build us. He's always looking to build character and, you know, godly qualities in us, even with what he calls us to do. He knows that that is not enough. There are also, there's an inside work that must be done in us. And I want to work on that, not just who I am, not just what I do. And that's, let me go back. I don't want to just work on what I do. I don't want to just perfect what I do. I want to work on who I am, the person that I am, because I believe that's more important than what I do. Who I am is more important than what I do. And God knows that. He knows that. That's why he puts so many good things in us. Because he knows that that's, that's the big thing. And, and he always, he's always looking 
to build us. And he builds us, you know, with love. He doesn't build us with criticism and, you know, things like that. He builds us with love. And I can really, really appreciate that about God. God is, God is, he's shaping us. And the, even the experiences that we have, all of those things, they come to shape us. Now, what we're shaping into, most times it's up to us. But those things, they come to shape us. It's like, it's like he says, like, we're the, we're the clay, you know, and if we allow him, he mold us. But that goes back to him being our leader. If, if, if he's our leader, then yes, he, he, he molds us. And like he, he, the great thing about God is he, he gives us a choice. So, you know, we can say, well, I don't want you to mold me. I want to mold myself. And, you know, when we do that, then, you know, we have to deal with the consequences of our own molding. But when we allow God to be our leader and we allow him to mold us and to shape us, then he shapes us into what we're supposed to be, what we were designed to be by him. And what keeps us from allowing God to mold and to shape us? One of the things that keeps us from allowing God to do this is pride. And pride is one one of the um, flaws, actually, that Saul dealt with. He dealt with pride. He dealt with um, just thinking more highly of his own opinions or his own thoughts than he did of God's. And I've heard the word pride is a robber. You know, it's a destroyer. It's a robber, you know, there, there's not good in pride. And I've heard people use the word um, pride in, um, and I guess, you know, they, in positive ways, they, they want to use pride in a positive way. And I see that there's a difference between proud and pride. And I looked it up and there's a noun pride and there's a verb pride. The noun pride is a feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Like there's there's this deep pleasure and satisfaction in your own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. That is pride. The verb is the verb of pride is to be especially proud of a particular quality or skill. So there's a difference between being proud and being prideful. Being proud is okay. It's good. You know, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, and it's always, and it always goes back to, you know, God, when, when I feel like I'm proud, I'm proud of, you know, of a particular skill or quality that I have, it is a quality or a skill that either God gave me or that I have developed from knowing God. That's pro- that's proud. But if I'm prideful, that means I'm taking deep pleasure and satisfaction from my own achievements, you know, and I'm, or possessions that's widely admired that that is different 
And so even in, you know, our destiny and the plans that God has for us and things like that, it's important to be proud of who you are, be proud of the gifts and the talents and the grace and the mercy that God gives us, especially when we do well with them. You know, that's that's good. We should be very proud of that. But we have to be careful of pride and pride is like, you know, it's it's like that snake, you know, in a garden. It just it kind of slithers in and it just causes all kind of destruction in our lives. But it, it has a way of being very deceptive. And that is really something to pay attention to in our lives. You know, stay away from pride that that will ruin your character and your legacy very quickly. And even keeping ourselves from certain things like pride, it all goes with responsibility. You know, we have we have a, we have certain responsibilities and, you know, sometimes we can find ourselves trying to, you know, um, avoid some responsibilities, but some responsibilities we just can't and we shouldn't avoid. Being responsible comes with great rewards. When when we have um, a lifestyle, you know, of responsibility, like we're we're responsible and we're responsible in our gifts and you know our work and you know the things that God has, you know, put us over and blessed us with. There are great there are great rewards for responsibility, and even like with Saul, sometimes we consider our adequacy, you know, and we'll try to avoid certain responsibilities because we feel that we're inadequate. And I think a lot of people deal with that. I know that I've dealt with that, you know, just feeling like, am I really able to do this? Am I really able to accomplish this task? Do I have what it takes? And God is like this, you know, if I asked you to do it, just like with Saul, God, again, he appointed him like he handpicked him out to do to to be king, to be the king. And because God did that, God equipped him with everything that he needed to be successful at it. It was just Saul just laying hold of it. And so it is with us. Everything that God has called us to do, everything that he's asked us to do, you know, everything that he's appointed us to do, he has equipped us to do it and to be successful at it. The thing is, are we laying hold of all the tools and resources that he gives us to be successful at the things that he's called us to do? We are responsible to do that. God has given us the adequacy. He he made us adequate. He made us fit and, and able to do those things. And so with that, we just have to believe and just do it, you know, just walk in it and lean on him as our leader. Lean on him, trust in him, ask him for guidance, ask him for wisdom and actually do what he says. Like Saul, one of Saul's issues was, You know, sometimes he would ask and if it wasn't, if it didn't come in, you know, the time frame or or whatever, then he he went on his own, you know, and then there were times that he didn't ask. He just went on his own. We have to be careful to ask, first of all, and then wait for the answer if there is a wait for the answer. If there is not a wait for the answer, once we get the answer, we do what we're told to do. 
no matter what it sounds like or looks like, because sometimes we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But God is not, he's not counting on us to, you know, to judge, you know, what, what he's given us to do, because if he's told us to do it, he knows it's going to work. We have the limited uh, sight, you know, he sees far beyond what we see. So if he tells us to do it and at first, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We have to remember that he's seeing the end result. We have not. We have not. So it would, we, we, we would be wise to, um, to do what he says, even if at first we don't understand it or we don't see how it, how it's going to work. Just, just obey. (laughs) I've, I've learned that. Because you know it's one thing to say you trust God and then it's actually it actually means something when we act on it, when we actually, you know, show that we trust in him, that we put actions behind our trust, you know, and just trust that he he's gonna always tell us the right thing to do and give us the victory in what we do. Um we we can't allow ourselves to be just overwhelmed and stuff by opposition, which is another one of Saul's um, flaws, um, opposition, you know, when people opposed him, that, that didn't sit well with him, you know, and that was just another thing that, that resonated with me. You know, how, how do I respond to opposition? How do I respond to people that opposed me that are, you know, against me or, and sometimes people, they won't say that they're against you, but you know, they're not for you. I've definitely experienced that, you know, people will not say with their mouth, they will not openly say I'm against you, but they show you with their actions that they're not for you. So my question is, even in trying to be a person or making the effort to be a person of good character, how do I respond to that? How do I respond to opposition to people who I know oppose me? All that is character. It's character building. And these are all things that God allows for our character building because everybody isn't going to be, everybody's not going to be for us. Everybody's not going to cheer us on and support us and and stuff like that. Everybody's not going to do that. God is not even looking at them. He looking at how, how, how do you respond to that? Are you going to keep doing what I told you to do? Are you going to let that intimidate you? Which is another of Saul's issues you know, just being intimidated by, by people. Are you going to let that intimidate you? Are you going to keep doing what I said in spite of what other people may do or say? I'm learning y'all. I am learning, you know, even rejection. That was another issue that's all dealt with. These are all things that I touch on in the book, you know, opposition and rejection and, you know, how God feels about that and what our what our response and stuff should should be toward those things. God knows that we're going to be rejected and there's going to be some people who reject us, you know, but God still wants us to build ourselves up in him because listen, he doesn't want us to count on um, people to validate us. It is good to have people in your on your side and in your corner and to like that. It's good to be happy that people are happy with you and they support you and things like that. That's good. 
that's a part of life, you know, friends and support. But God does not want us to depend on those things for our, for our joy and our peace and, you know, just our obeying him. God doesn't, God doesn't want that. The, I learned this from my mom. She's teaching um, about, you know, how to, you know, overcome in, in hard times. And hard times is not always, you know, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough food. Sometimes hard times is just dealing with people, you know, and your own, your own situations, your own inner, inner things. Um, but she was saying that God gives us things to enjoy, even people, you know, even friends and support. And th- God gives us those things to enjoy, but not to love, not to be our everything. That if those things don't come through, that if those things don't show us what we want to see, that we just fall apart. And that's that's kind of what happened to Saul when when he didn't when things didn't look the way he wanted it the way he pictured it he would he would fall apart and these are all lessons that we learn you know from Saul what 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 will your like what will your what will your legacy <laughs> why was that so hard to say what will your legacy be that is something to consider that is something to think about and when you read the story of Saul, you see what his legacy is. And you know what? I'm thankful for the story of Saul because I learned, I'm learning from it. I don't want that legacy. I don't want that legacy. I want, I want, and I know in my story, there's going to be, you know, some things that that's not perfect. That's not pretty, but ultimately I want my legacy to be that she overcame those things and she became what God wanted her to be what will your legacy be think about it